Hi, I'm Sam Barclay and welcome to this episode of the Hidden Japan podcast. On this podcast, we leave the stereotypes of Japan behind as we explore the experiences of people who have seen this amazing country in extraordinary ways. Whether you're planning to visit Japan, are a frequent traveller there, or are lucky enough to live there, this podcast brings you real stories to inspire you to leave the big city behind and see Japan differently. And on this episode, I talked to Tim Bunting. Originally from New Zealand, he now lives in Yamagata Prefecture in the north of Japan and is a practicing Yamabushi. Now, I know that that might be a new term for many people. I know that I hadn't heard about the Yamabushi before I talked to Tim. But trust me, Tim will explain everything and give you a riveting insight into his extraordinary life. But before we get started, I just want to mention our sponsor, Hidden Japan Travel. Since 2018, they've helped to make travel to Japan meaningful, helping their guests come to a deeper appreciation of traditional Japanese culture and authentic Japanese life. They provide private tours, outdoor adventures and cultural experiences on the island of Shikoku where they're based, from cookery and cycling to camping and sea kayaking. They've got loads of one-day and multi-day options for you to leave the big city behind and truly see Japan differently. You can see more on their website, hiddenjapantravel.com. We love you, Hidden Japan Travel. Thank you so much for your support. Okay, on with today's episode. This actually might be my favorite episode so far. So here we go with the latest episode of the Hidden Japan podcast. So hi, Tim, and welcome to the Hidden Japan podcast. It's great to have you here. So to start, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and and what it is you do? Sure. So thanks for having me. Uh, My name is Tim Bunting, and I'm from New Zealand, but I live here in Sakata City, Yamagata Prefecture. And I am, well, the topic of today's conversation is a Yamabushi. I'm a Yamabushi, which is a mountain aesthetic or um I, I was having a conversation with some scholars the other day and, and they said the, the the best way to say it is a shugendo practitioner <laughs> a practitioner of shugendo so um that's that's me fantastic and so for those for those people who don't know just a, a couple of a follow-up questions yep. so whereabouts is yamagata prefecture right so yamagata prefecture is in the northern tohoku region of japan it's well, to get to my where I live, it takes you go by bullet train for two hours and then you take a local express for two hours. So it's quite quite remote where we are, but you can fly here. There's an airport just, I don't know, half an hour away. Yeah, that's Yamagata Prefecture and I'm on the Sea of Japan coast. Sounds absolutely beautiful. And you mentioned about Shugendo. So could you tell our listeners, people who maybe aren't familiar with Shugendo, yeah. this is maybe a harder question to answer. What, uh, yeah. is, what is Shugendo? <laughs> Um, so the literal translation of Shugendo is the path or the way door uh, of gaining supernatural powers again through aesthetic practice, which is Shugendo. Uh, and it's a combination of esoteric Buddhism, Shintoism, Taoism, and native Japanese animism, uh, which is it's all about getting out into nature and training in nature. Um, and it's been practiced on the mountains of Japan for, well, it depends who you ask, but at least at least 1300 years. 
Yeah, it's again fantastic. Door. So, <laughs> could you could you tell us? So, what what does a day in the life of a of a Yamabushi look like, Tim? So, I I hate to disappoint, but I just have a normal everyday life. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I I work at a university here, and so I um yeah, that's that's my my nine to five. But okay, um, when you have your the, when you have your Yamabushi hat on, what does yeah, <laughs> what kind so, of what kind of activities does it involve? So um, there's a concept for Yamabushi. It's called Hansei Hanzoku, which literally literally translated means half sacred and half secular. And so for Yamabushi, as far as I'm aware, there are no full-time Yamabushi. So Yamabushi generally practice out of a Shinto shrine like we do. Or so we we are the only Shinto Yamabushi in Japan, but um, they're also primarily they practice out of either usually Shingon or Tendai sect Buddhist uh, temples. And so I mentioned uh, Hansei Hanzoku, so half sacred, half secular. So basically every once in a while, um, so for us, it's at least once a year, we, we take part in Yamabushi training. So uh, in my case, I spend at least one, um, at least once a year. So we have, it's called the Autumn's Peak ritual in Japanese, it's called Akinomine. Um, and this is a ritual that takes place from August 26th annually. Um, and so we spend a week in the mountains um, doing Yamabushi training. And I'm not actually allowed to, to give away too much about what we do, but I'll tell you what you can see from the outside because people can just look it up and yeah, it'd be easier for me sure. to just tell them. So. Um, we basically, we visit the, um, they're called haisho in Japanese, um, places that you pray at where the kami or Buddha are. Uh, and so Japan, as people are probably aware, is just covered in shrines and temples, mm -hmm. um, especially like out in the mountains and out in nature. So you could just go anywhere and you might see like a, a, a white rope around a tree or a rock or something like that. So these are these are called high shop, and there are literally places where you you pray. And so we we visit these places. Uh, for us, it's on the Dewa Sanzan Mountains, the three mountains of Dewa here in Yamagata Prefecture, mm. Mount, uh, Mount Hagura, Mount Gasa, Mount Yudono. Yeah, and so we visit these these high shop. We visit these places, pray to them, um, and we do other rituals to try and get in touch with nature essentially and try and learn from nature so yamabushi are we we aren't the teachers nature is the teacher and it's a yamabushi's job to take people out into nature and to give people opportunities to learn from nature um, so yeah uh, and uh, there's other other rituals that we do for example one famous one is waterfall meditation um that's that's pretty hard <laughs> text to, to get used to i bet it uh, does yeah <laughs> and then whatever there are some other rituals like um hiking at night hiking when when you you can't see um mm. and then we have other rituals that kind of like it's based on they're based on the 10 realms of buddhism okay um i think most people probably would not know what that is there are there are ten realms of Buddhism, uh, and I think the first four are, are in this this um, this realm, like this not realm. What do you call it? This ah, um, oh, 
I don't know. It's like the the beast world and like the hell world. Uh, okay. And and then um, then like the tenth world is actually reaching Buddhahood. So okay. it's like there's like a ten level process to to gaining enlightenment, essentially. Uh, and that's what the Yoan Bushi training is based on. Mm. Uh, yeah. I'm really interested in the idea that it's not doing more; it's removing some of the distractions to allow you to get closer with nature. Is that is that yeah. fair? Yes, yes, yes. So um, now I I said that uh, I was part of the Dewa Sansan Shrine, or I said I was a Shinto Yamabushi, part of Dewa Sansan Shrine, uh, and so it's quite rare. So I, we are the only Shinto Yamabushi, and they're on the Dewa Sanzan where I live. So people are probably hearing the Dewa Sanzan for the first time as well. But on this yeah. tiny, tiny three mountains here in Yamagata prefecture, that there are actually two main schools of Yamabushi. And okay. we are we are kind of like a copy of the, the original Buddhists. Um, this is a remnant of the Meiji Restoration when they tried to get rid of Buddhism 150 years ago in 1868. And am I right um, in saying that they prohibited Shugendo Yes. well at that time that's right yep so any religion besides shinto was banned and they tried that's to right. and because shugendo is a is a combination of shintoism and buddhism and so it's not strictly shintoism so mm. yeah they they tried to get rid of it um, but they failed <laughs> um and then after the second world war the freedom to express any religion came back mm -hmm. um and yeah shugendo has seen a bit of a revival I suppose, but not not compared to what it was like in the in Edo, Edo period. So, from like the 1600s to the 18 mid 18 uh, mid 19th century. Um, okay, and you mentioned yeah. these, these three mountains, the Dewa Sansa. Um, could you tell us a bit about those the three mountains, how they're different from one another, and why they're yeah. so special? Yeah, so the three Dewa Sansa mountains are Mount Hagoro, Mount Gasa, and Mount Yudono. Um, I probably said that too fast. <laughs> I, have a, <laughs> I have a tendency to say things in Japanese really fast, like Japanese people do when they, they introduce themselves and you can't catch the name. But Mount yeah. Haguro. Mount Hago okay. ha Haguro is the first one. And this Mount Haguro represents the world of the present. Uh, it's okay. where we gain or get like the uh, gifts or benefits from the, the current world. Um, okay. And so... Mount Hagoro represents the world of the, the world of the present, and then Mount Gasan is nineteen hundred and eighty-four meters. It's it's quite quite tall, uh, and Mount Gasan represents the world of the afterlife or the past. Then Mount Yudono, Mount Yudono represents the world of the future, and it's the Mount Yudono is where we are said to be reborn. So okay. um, it's since ancient times, it's been believed that if you climb all three of the Dewa Sanzan, you become reborn. Uh, and that's what okay. Yamabushi believed when we, we do the training as well. Mm. Yeah. And do you, do you climb, really silly question, but do you climb in order? Uh, yes, generally we do. So it's, yeah, it's, it's generally accepted that you go from, you go Mount Hagoro, Mount Gasan, Mount Yudono, um, except... Sometimes during training, just for practical purposes, we we don't climb it in order. I think pe people will have to come and join our training to to see what I mean. But absolutely, that yeah. sounds really good. Um, and just to give us a bit of context, how how difficult are these mountains to climb? You mentioned the height right. of Mount Gasan, but yes, how, what about the other mountains? Yeah, yes. So Mount Hagura is four hundred and fourteen meters, and it's got two thousand four hundred and forty six steps. 
it's got a stone stairway through a cedar forest, which is oh, wow. it's really beautiful. And yeah. there's a five-story pagoda there as well. Uh, if you if you check out my YouTube, um, I uh, recently posted a video of the five-story pagoda in snow because this is it snow country, extraordinary. So oh. it's, it's amazing. Uh, every single time I, I go there, I've, I've been to Mount Hagaro more than 100 times and every single time oh. it amazes me. So yeah, um, so Mount Hagaro is 414 meters. It takes about, you, you, uh, we have a master, Master Hoshino is our like, kind of like our sage we we call him okay. our master yoda basically <laughs> um and uh he told me he told me that he can climb up mount hagaro in 30 minutes which okay. i think is a bit of a stretch but, uh, <laughs> round it down to the nearest 30 minutes it, yeah <laughs> yeah um but generally it takes about an hour to climb up mount hagaro okay. but then for mount mount gastan it's huge so it's nearly 2000 meters and there traditionally there are seven so yeah, there are seven trailheads to Mount Gassan. Um, and the one that we normally take is from what's called the eighth station. And this one takes generally about two hours one way if you're at, going at an average pace. Then, um, so Mount Udono isn't actually a mountain. Mount Udono refers to a shrine, which is mm. in like, a, how would you describe it? It's in, it's in like a valley that comes off Mount Gassan. Generally, we climb Mount Hagaro itself. Then we would drive to the eighth station of Mount Gassan, walk to the summit of Mount Gassan, and then walk down to Mount Udono. That's okay. the general way to do it, um, which is called, uh, in Japanese, they call it Jusor, which is a, a traverse. And okay. um, that's the general way to do it. And that would take, so Mount Hagaro, would, you want to give three hours all up, and then Mount Gaston to Mount Udono would be at least five hours. Okay. Um, yeah, it's quite a quite a big adventure. And then you go, you can drive from Mount Udono back to Mount Hagaro. That's the general way to do it. But I I have I have walked the whole thing. It's about thirty kilometers, um, and we stayed stayed on Mount Gaston. Um, that was really really fun, <laughs> really cool, but really Fantastic. tiring. Yeah. <laughs> sounds fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. So it sounds to me as if. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but mountains are really important, obviously, to the Yamabushi. It's in the name. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what is it about mountains that are so sacred or so special? Right. So there's, there's many ways to answer this. Um, so probably the the most most important, I would say, thing is it's called Kanabi Shinko. And Kanabi Shinko is a belief that I believe is not just limited to us here in the Dewasan Zone. I think this was common all over Japan. And Kanabi Shinko is a belief that combines elements of Shintoism and Buddhism. So mm -hmm. it's it's Shugendo, I, I believe. Um, I, could, I could be wrong on that point. Um, but what happens is that when you pass away, your tamashi, your soul, it mm. does like its own form of Yamabushi training under the guidance of 13 Buddha. And okay. it starts in the lower lying mountains for us this would be mount hagaro um, and then it is slowly makes its way up to the top of mount gassan over 33 years guided by 13 buddha then when your soul reaches the top of mount gassan it turns into a kami mm. so uh, a shinto deity so first you've got mm. the buddhists looking after you the buddhist the buddhist gods looking after you and then you turn your soul turns into a kami that looks over everyone below so that's that's Kanabi Shinko and like a really that's a really brief 
brief explanation, but there's one important point in that the the, the ancestors, so the souls of the ancestors that are prayed to are believed to turn into kami that bring good and okay. the souls the souls of the ancestors that are not prayed to are believed to turn into kami that bring evil or okay. destruction uh, and yeah. so yamabushi for us it's extremely important for us to pray for the souls of those who have no one to pray for them um, and this this means like the victims of, for example, 311, the earthquake and tsunami 10 years mm. ago, uh, victims of natural disasters. Um, and yeah, so yeah, mountains, like in that case, um, mountains are, are extremely important. So it's, yeah. it's to, to stop the, the cubby bringing us evil, um, doing, doing evil things to us. And another, another thing, the mountains in Japan or um, yeah, mountains, Japan, it's believed that Buddha, uh, you know, um, what do they call it? Mandalas, mandalas, Buddhist mandalas. Mm -hmm. You have those giant tapestries with pictures on them. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so those mandalas, they represent like knowledge or all, all, all knowledge or, um, mm. like the realizations that Buddha had when he reached enlightenment and those mantra are believed to be projected onto the mountains. Okay. Okay. And so what it means is that that's why Yamabushi, we, we don't teach by, by actually physically being on the mountains. It's believed that you absorb those realizations that Buddha had when he reached enlightenment. So yeah, it's quite, quite a deep, yeah. It's a really kind of compelling philosophy that the, you, you need to do in order to learn. I think that's something really powerful. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Kind of a, that's right. Um, There's no, like, like, I don't know. I have, I have Master Hoshino's book and I'm, I'm translating it at the moment. And, mm. um, but he, Master Hoshino was like, he declined. So the publisher contacted him and, and Master Hoshino declined to have a book written like three or four times, um, <laughs> because, because he said that the only way to learn is by actually training <laughs> out, out in nature. Uh, and yeah. so, um, but he, he, um, he gave up in the end and, and, uh, had his, his thoughts written down, but um, yeah, it's not, it's not word of mouth. It's like by actually being physically present on the mountains, that's how you learn yeah. or how you Absolutely. absorb. And by kind of, by interacting with those emotions, with what's you're feeling with the nature or you're, you're experiencing, I suppose, exactly. something that you come to the realization exactly. of. And I suppose that's reflected in that, the idea of it being, you mentioned Shugendo and Do, meaning yeah. way or path, I suppose it's that's kind right. of reflected in that. Yes. So Shugendo is a, is a door, is a path. So it's not. Yeah. So technically it's not a religion um, because it combines doctrines of multiple religions. So mm -hmm. you have to have your own doctrines to be cl classified as a religion, but it's a door. So it's like kendo, the way of the sword mm -hmm. or sado, mm -hmm. the way of tea or um, kado, the way of flowers. So it's like, a, um, I love it. I love it because it's a door because with a yeah. door, there's no end. It's just, you're constantly on the path of, of trying to acquire more, more knowledge, yeah. I guess, always, always learning basically. Yeah. One thing I really love about it. Yeah. Yeah. That reflects, I mean, something that I know um, quite well is the Shikoku uh, 88 temple pilgrimage. And, yep. you know, one of the interesting things about that pilgrimage is that um, it's circular. Most of the pilgrimages you're going to somewhere and the pilgrimage has an end. Oh, okay. Whereas yeah. the Shikoku 88 temple pilgrimage, you finish in your starting place. I did um, not know that. I did not know that. Yeah. <laughs> That's, so awesome. back at That's really cool. You finish back at temple one and you know what's yeah. what's changed, what you've changed fundamentally 
through the pilgrimage yeah. so the way you yeah. see the world is different so it will be a different experience every time it's, you every time you do it yeah, yeah. it's very similar there is. yeah Lots of this all this all seems quite different to um new zealand life tim <laughs> Tell us, how, 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 how did you how did you get into this yeah that's right so uh where should i start i was born in no um <laughs> so i I came to Japan. I came to this region. It's called the Shonai region of Yamagata Prefecture. Right? I came here mm -hmm. in 2010 on okay. jet. I was I was on jet, and they so sent jet me is the to Japan Exchange and Tea. Oh, uh, thank you. Program, yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Japan Exchange and Teaching Program. I I heard it's like one of the the top hires of or the top recruiters of people from the UK after graduating. Yeah. University. I think it is. I, I was a jet way back in the day, 2004 or 2006, wow. I think. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, I, I was a, I was a jet ALT assistant language teacher. Okay. Um, they sent me here and they sent me here cause I, I did not choose to come here, um, <laughs> but uh, I fell in love with it as soon as I got here. Like I, I, uh, I had studied Japan, Japanese before then. Yeah. I'd always wanted to live in, J in Japan since I went, since I came here the first time in 2006. Uh, 2005 on a school trip um mm -hmm. and yeah i fell in love with the shuanai region and yamagata tohoku and it's it's just it's a really rich culture history food people just love it amazing um i believe shikoku would be probably similar um yeah and uh yeah i fell in love with the place and wanted to do something to to share how how wonderful it is um, but I didn't really have any, any concrete ideas at all. And I was doing a bit of freelance interpretation and translation. So, uh, I was being exposed to the culture in, in quite a deep way as a, as a translator, like you, you have like first, what do you say? First access to some new information and stuff. And I was, uh, I was chosen as the translator to translate the Japan heritage website for, for the Deva Sanza as well okay um that was quite a, that was four years ago and uh yeah so um what was, what was the question again <laughs> so how, um, how did you get into uh how did you find how out? To get how into you get into thank you thank yeah. you sorry about that so um i was uh this is this is kind of um i don't want to bring the mood down or anything but my 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 dad died five years ago in 2016. Okay. i'm so sorry to hear that yeah yeah. yeah he was he was climbing a mountain actually <laughs> had a heart attack oh, wow. um in new zealand um and uh and a, less than a week less than a week after i got back from his funeral i met my now yamabushi partner um and who said that he he wanted to provide yamabushi training in english um and at the time, so I had, I, I knew what Yamabushi was, but I didn't have any experience at all. And I started helping him out, um, like doing translation, mainly, mainly translation of like the website and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and then, yeah, long story short, I uh, started doing the Yamabushi training. And the first time I did it was February of 2017 in the middle of winter. That was, uh, that was quite, quite an experience. Um, and this, it was, yeah, it, it feels quite like fate because becoming Yamabushi, like it really helped me to deal with grief, basically deal with, with feelings of um, grief over, over my father. Um, so I think like the timing was, I don't want to say perfect, but it was like, mm -hmm. yeah, it was quite, 
quite impactful on my life. Um, and so I think just like training in nature is, yeah. I don't think you have to be a Yamabushi. I think it, it's just about like, getting out into nature and just showing your appreciation to nature. Yeah. Um, I think that's, that's enough. Um, one, one way you can do that is through Yamabushi training. And yeah. since doing that, yeah, I have, uh, it's, I've more easily come to terms with the reality uh yeah yeah <laughs> what a really an extraordinary journey to get to where you are now and yeah um i can totally see how mountains are so important to you i mean yeah um it's that kind of inward journey isn't it that we all go on and yeah. how yeah. we can how we can facilitate that to, yeah um actually actually like um so my mum my mum has alzheimer's she's only 61 okay. and so Jeez yeah so i don't know so for starters like i don't know many people have lost in, in their 30s i'm only 33 i don't know many mm. many I, I do know a few people have lost one of their parents but like both of them is is quite uh, unheard of uh and so it's been like really tough on our family as well yeah, of course um and yeah and so i've had to deal with that as well <laughs> and it's like yeah it's like give me a break universe but uh <laughs> yeah. but uh i i don't know I, I i'm positive i have a positive mindset i uh always look forward to like i was really looking forward to, to meeting you sam as well um quite uh, interested in what you're doing um and yeah. so and i think a lot of that is to is thanks to becoming yamabushi and and appreciating nature that's that's what i put yeah. it down to um yeah yeah so and, and so do you find being being out on the mountains being surrounded by nature helps you process all of these things helps you yes definitely. helps with your thoughts yeah i so i gave up alcohol about five years ago and i think i think often we we drink or we have some some sort of habit just to try and um i don't know just deal with reality i guess and for me that's nature that's going out into nature and so um just a few weeks back so i'm i'm currently trying to climb the 100 famous mountains of yamagata prefecture and in november early november i climbed there's a mountain it's if if people, like it's so amazing um it's called mount taizo and it's okay. just it's like a corridor of autumn leaves right to the top and it's like oh, two wow. or three hours uh, just that's Taizo. It. Could, could you spell, it, spell that for us? Yeah. Yeah. So that's so T A I Z O. Um, there's 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 no information in English on it, <laughs> except for my my article. Um, well, that's perfect. That you've got to go there to you've got to go there to experience. That's right. It, you know? That's right. Yeah. Plus Mount Taizo, I believe it's named after the Taizo Mandala as well. Just what we were talking okay. about. So, mm. um, and when I got back. So when I got back, yeah, my wife is like, did you do drugs? <laughs> she was like, did you, did you get high or something? <laughs> like, um, and I didn't do it. The answer is I just, yeah. I just went through it for a really long hike up this mountain and came back and yeah, I feel ginky. I feel uh, lively or um, energetic again. Um, and so I, uh, yeah, I look to do that. I look to yeah have uh time 
out in nature. Um, it's just started snowing yesterday here and where we are, it's, I had to clear probably about 10 centimeters of snow. It's not nothing too bad. Um, but that means that I can't go out to the mountains as much as I want to. Uh, and so I bought some snowshoes, so I'm hoping to, to get out there <laughs> when I can. It's really interesting. It's, I'm really um, fascinated by the idea that nature isn't something that's there to be tamed. It's not something no, no, that's no. there that we're trying to, no. we're trying to get on top of and trying to control. Yeah. And, you know, the, the past isn't also, and tradition isn't something we're trying to run away from. Um, these yeah. are all things that need to be be respected and, and lived right. with and kind of understood. Is, is that mean that, what you're, what's that you're thinking about that? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, so for, for Dewa-san-san Yamabushi, we have this philosophy, it's called uketamo, which mm -hmm. is from the Japanese term uketamawaru, which means to accept. Mm. And uketamo encompasses so much. Um, it's, it's about, um, basically when you go out onto the mountains, the master will, will say, we will now climb Mount Hagoro. And the only thing you can say is uketamo. So there's a rule in training that you, well, it depends which training you do, but we don't generally talk. There's no, no speaking. Um, that, that's so you can better learn from nature. But Uketomo um, has that sort of practical sense of, I understand, I will now climb the mountain. But it's also, there's a whole philosophy behind it. Like if you can, if you can learn to Uketomo, if you can learn to accept, it makes life easier, much easier, um, because it just helps you move on quicker. Um, and I think that's like a huge, huge part of um, Yamabushi life or, yeah, there was yeah. yeah. Might be a really strange question, but when you're out in, in the mountains, is it about listening or is it about communication? Is it, I guess what I'm trying to ask is, is it about passive, are you, are you passively listening or are you kind of communicating and interacting with, mm. with the kind of the world around you and your own thoughts? So actually you, you, you answered this just before you said feeling, mm. feeling nature. That's, that's what it's about. But I think it depends on the person for some, for someone, it might be just sitting there and listening to the sounds or getting a feel for, I don't know, the trees or something like that. So I think it really depends on the person. Um, but our master, Master Oshino, he says it's about feeling and then reflecting on what you feel, putting yourself in nature feeling or sensing and then mm -hmm. reflecting what you feel that's that's what it's all about so yeah i think, I think it depends it's on the person it's fascinating yeah yeah and there'll be a lot of people listening to this who perhaps can't travel to japan at the moment japan, can't go to yeah. the dewa sanza um mm. but perhaps want to get live close to nature or want to experience the kinds of um emotions and feelings that you're talking yeah. about tim yeah. what what advice would you would you have for them Honestly, just get out there. Just, just go out there. Uh, I would say if you wanted to, if you wanted to do it like the Yamabushi, do it. Just do it silently. Walk out. Mm. Be quiet. Um, just, just walk around. Um, visit places you know. Um, so, like trees and and rocks and waterfalls and stuff. Um, that's where the kami, the deities, are. Um, and another another thing. I was thinking about with this question. Actually, I was talking about this with my wife yesterday, mm -hmm. and she pointed out that most Japanese people, when they visit a shrine or even a temple, they they wish for something. But I've 
always thought it's about just going to the place and showing your appreciation, just thinking about what you're grateful for and mm. saying thank you to, to the kami. Um, yeah, I sound like a religious fanatic, but uh, <laughs> um, I, <laughs> I, I'm not no, actually, I, I, I don't regard myself as religious, as strange as that is, but yeah. It sounds really powerful, not not asking for something but but being and showing gratitude and i think there's something yeah. really really powerful about putting that emotion kind of yeah. out into the world and showing it, I gratitude think it's a, at every opportunity i think it's okay to ask for, for things i'm not uh, saying <laughs> that you shouldn't do that but appreciation i think is a is a really big one for me yeah i'm um, showing showing yeah. appreciation uh is just yeah really really important i think is yeah just even just living this life that we have is yeah, I'm appreciative every day. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Tim, thank you so much. That was a, a riveting conversation um, about your fascinating life. So thank you so much. Thanks. Yeah, and no uh, if people, if people um, would like to find out more about you or about the, the Yamabushi, where should they look? Right. So personally, I have a blog at timbunting.com um, or you can check out my YouTube, which is youtube.com slash c slash tim bunting or okay. uh instagram facebook twitter they're all kiwi yamabushi is what i call myself and i made a website called dewasanzan.com which introduces the the dewasanzan and we run yamabushi trainings through yamabushi do yamabushi do.jp and yamabushi is y-a-m-a-b-u-s-h-i that's right isn't it that's correct for those people yes. yeah <laughs> yamabushi <laughs> Well, Tim, thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Well, what a fascinating conversation. If you're a regular listener to this podcast, you'll know that I always have this brief summary with some personal reflections uh, at the end. But today I'm going to keep it really short because I want to get outside. I want to go to nature and I want to experience and engage with the natural world. But there are two things I'd like to focus on. The first is that importance of gratitude and t the way Tim talked about showing appreciation, appreciation for others, appreciation for tradition and for culture and for heritage, but also appreciation for the natural world. It seems to shine through and maybe underpin everything that Tim does. It's certainly something that I've taken away from that conversation. And actually, as I, as I was talking to Tim, I wrote down on pieces of paper, gratitude, appreciation is something that I think I can do more of following Tim's fantastic example. And the second thing that struck me is, is just the importance of doing, of getting out there, of being in nature, not necessarily being taught or being told or being instructed, but being led and being guided and being facilitated. That shone through in the principles of the Yamabushi and the way that Tim talked about taking people on walks to help them discover important principles for themselves. So once more, a massive thanks to Tim for sharing his story with us. I hope you liked it. If you did, please like, share and follow this podcast. Please tell all your friends, all your relatives about it. I think Tim's story and the stories of the other people who have contributed to this podcast deserve to be shared far and wide. I know I feel truly privileged to have engaged in conversation with some really fascinating, extraordinary people. So right now, I'm going to turn off my computer, I'm going to switch off my phone, I'm going to get outside. Let me know if you do the same, and I'll see you next time on the Hidden Japan podcast. Domo, arigatou gozaimashita.
Yeah.